Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let the dogs out. What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Here we go. It is Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker on this Tuesday. Amanda, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you, Dave? I'm well. Uh, up and running, ready to go. Good morning to you, Orange Blood. And it's a try it again Tuesday as well. So who fell a little bit short in the world of sports? We will discuss coming up. Also, Caleb Calhoun with a great breakdown on offthehooksports.com about uh about the balls so uh tennessee is viewed as this passing team and they certainly are but there's a little more to it than that and this offensive line i believe has exceeded expectations and i believe will will continue to be a strength for this team yeah amanda it's easy to point to jalen hyatt and the hendon hookers of the world they're both now Heisman candidates. Hyatt actually is getting some odds from Vegas. He's not going to win it, but um, this is a team, and Josh Heupel says it all the time, almost to the point of maybe a little insecure about it. Hey, this is a running football team, and it is. It's not the I-formation, line it up and shove it down your throat, but it is a running football team, and, and they're pretty good at that. I mean, is it, though, not what we typically think of as a running football team? I mean, a lot of the running's done by, you know, we do have Jabari, Jabari Small and and um, Jalen Wright and all that stuff, but a lot of the running's done by Hendon, it seems like. A lot of the running is done by Hendon. And if it's in the air, um, or if you let him throw downfield, you're you're really, you're screwed. I mean, pretty much you're screwed. I'm, I'm just saying. So a lot of it, I know he's like, it's a running team. It's a running team. Well, it's a running team if you count how much Hendon runs. It's a running team. 
Yeah, it would be interesting <clears throat> since you bring that up to to call out those numbers and see where Tennessee stands. I mean, right now they're at 90 yards per game rushing. So I'm sorry, that was that would be rushing defense. Let me get a rushing offense. Right now they are um, uh, rushing offense 202 yards, which would be fifth in the SEC. Um, Ole Miss is number one, which I, I find interesting because you have a very similar offensive system. And then Arkansas, Florida, Alabama. So Arkansas you would think of as more the traditional running football team. Florida's still kind of finding their way, quite frankly, and that's probably a lot of Anthony Richardson picking up yards like you mentioned with Hooker. Alabama is, is always going to pride themselves to some extent on the run, not as much as they did in Saban's early years because they do run a lot of spread and attack you downfield. But, Amanda, you bring up a good point that uh, I'm going to jot that down. Where is Tennessee's rushing attack without Hendon Hooker? I still think it's significant. And I think the key is you can't let opposing defenses drop into coverage. You want them to have to be mindful of the run. So it's it's kind of like saying that uh, somebody's real attractive – but there's this issue. Um, I, and I think that's what Josh Heupel takes it as sometimes when you say this passing attack, this passing attack, and you don't actually talk about the running game. I think you say this is a great offense. But, well, there's really no but here. So I would say that their their rushing game is at least significant. Is it great? Is it dominant? No, but I don't think that's going to be Josh Heupel's offense anytime soon. you? No, I mean, I think it, it's significant, but <clears throat> for him to, you know, say this is a running team, well, stats will show you it's not exactly a running team. And I don't think it's, I don't think there's a reason that they need to be classified as one or the other. I mean, whatever you're doing is working. So let's just stick with this is working. We don't, it doesn't matter if it's running, passing, it's working. Yeah, I'd, I mean, at the end of the day, I'd most want to be classified as a balanced team. Yeah, I don't, I don't, successful. I don't, yeah, yeah, balanced, successful, scoring points. I mean, it is a pretty simple sport. Whoever scores the most points, breaking news, is going to win the football game. So a couple people out there, Brittany says, good morning. Amanda, love your lipstick today. Oh, lipstick compliment. Thank you, Brittany. I got it out of an Ipsy bag. And thanks for specifying, Brittany, as well, because my lipstick is uh, just the clear coat, so I wouldn't want you to even notice it. There's no shine. There's no shine? Should there be a shine? Do you have a shine in the clear coat? That's the only way you wear clear lipstick. Is that produces a shine? That's Because I never knew the point of clear lipstick. It just, it makes your lips shine oh. or you wouldn't know, then you'd be wearing chapstick. Okay. Uh, Bill says, good morning. Brittany says, balls are definitely better rushing if Hendon Hooker uses his legs to get us going true. Uh, Dave, your name is Amanda LaFrada on the screen. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm thinking of her. So it's a very positive thing. Yeah. Down and dirty. That's fixed. Down and dirty at 30. Is brought to you by Honey Bee Coffee. Honey Bee Coffee, top 5% of the beans in the world. It is phenomenal. And Amanda, you're drinking it right now. How, how was your Honey Bee Coffee this morning? 
It's good. It's always good. I never have to worry about if it's going to be good or not. And I'll tell you one of my biggest pet peeves, and I know it's first world problems and I get it. But anytime I would go through. I love that. That's one of my favorite by the way. (laughs) Yes. Anytime I would go through like a a drive-through coffee place and I have a specific order, it was always like 50-50 on whether they would get it right or not. And then I end up spending $5 plus on something that I don't even like. So at least this I know I like. Honeybeecoffeeco.com. That's honeybeecoffeeco.com. Try it. Uh, Smoky Mountain Red said I actually stopped at the Sevierville Honeybee location Saturday. It's that good. And Sunday morning I got up uh, out of bed and hit the gym as I'm trying to do to be less fat nowadays. And I got the tweet that said you get a free cup of coffee for Tennessee achieving some accomplishment. Does anybody know what that is? And it wasn't the it wasn't the Bucks one, but it was a free cup of coffee there on my phone. And I thought to myself, it's just not going to be honeybee. So I didn't even stop. I actually just drove right by. I I have no idea what that is. It rhymes with thumpkin. Oh, yeah. I can't stand that. Row nuts. I cannot. You're very bad at this rhyming like something. row nuts. It rhymes with that. Not good. Yeah. So anyway, go with honeybee coffee. You can order it online is the cool part about it. So honeybee coffee. Go to honey beecoffeeco.com and you can order the beans online grind it yourself they bring you the down and dirty 30 as we get rolling each and every day at 8 30 in the morning so uh give us your thoughts on honeybee coffee we'd love to hear that and we'll give us your thoughts on the balls so i really enjoyed uh hendon hooker's press conference yesterday and i have not said that the entire season and probably now, I'm talking about the pregame press conferences. Of course, it's enjoyable when you see that young man achieve something after such a, a struggle at Virginia Tech, which I thought the head coach there threw him under the bus on multiple occasions. But he was asked yesterday about his basketball skills, and he said, I am the best basketball player on the team. So it sounded cool. It was awesome. As it, you know, I think he continues to get more comfortable. He's always going to be a coach-speak guy. That's the way he's raised. His dad was a coach, so he's not going to give any bulletin board material. But he had some fun with that. And also credit Tennessee's coaches for going to him and watching him play basketball and saying, you need to play football like you play basketball, loose and free. And he said that was a major shift in his mindset towards football. I thought it was a really cool insight to a young man that, quite frankly, Amanda, we don't get a lot of insight to, and that's by design. Yeah, he's um, he's kind of he keeps to himself. I mean, the only thing we know about him is stuff that other people tell us, like you know Cooper Mays and right. Jacob Warren, and that's really if it's up to Hendon Hooker to tell you about his personality or his shoe game or whatever, you're not going to hear it. Like you're not going to hear it. It's just it's it's up to or we rely on other people to tell us a little, give us a little insight on Hendon Hooker, but. I think that's because he is such a team player and he doesn't focus on himself a lot. So you're not going to ever hear a lot from him about himself. It's always on the team. And I think that's a really good characteristic to have, honestly. 
I think he needs to open a press conference. Just allow myself to introduce myself. What is that from? Because I know it's on a Jay-Z song, but I think it was originally on some Adam Sandler movie. Right up there with I eat pieces of stuff like you for breakfast. And you eat pieces of stuff like you for breakfast? Or is it a Will Ferrell movie? Allow myself to introduce myself. Uh, I don't know, but the this pieces of stuff like you for breakfast isn't a Kanye West song. I know that. Yeah, it is. But it's originally from um, Happy Gilmore. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't Peter McGavin. That is a good movie. Have you not seen Happy Gilmore? I never interested. Like, I was never interested. Oh, in it. it's gold. It's gold. Mm. Uh, you watch it and you will laugh out loud. You I have issues with some things in that. Golf? Area. Adam Sandler? No. Okay, no. No, I got him confused. It's fine. No, I've seen Happy Gilmore. Just kidding. I've seen Happy Gilmore. I was, yeah. I get Happy Gilmore and what's eating Gilbert Grape. Like, oh, okay. Well, you're a phonetic writer like me. So that makes sense because they kind of sound the same. But I was like, Happy Gilmore has to be the absolute least offensive movie ever. I'm no, like, where he's like a hockey player, but he turns to golf and just smacks the crap out of it. Yeah, that's Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Okay. Well, who's that, eating yes. Gilbert Grape is... Leonardo dog. DiCaprio and Johnny Depp. And, Depp and all yeah. that going going, going way, way, way back. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other notes from uh, th- that you'll want to be aware of with the balls down and dirty at 30. Uh, Tennessee nabs another SEC honor. Seems like they get one of these each and every week. Either it's a player of the week in Hendon Hooker or Jalen Hyatt or just one after another. But this time they pick up an offensive lineman of the week. And it's funny, you you go to UT Martin, and you know, Jalen Hyde had a fantastic game against UT Martin. You could pick him every time. So this is kind of a, a thankless job on behalf of, of the SEC to pick these guys. And I don't know how exactly they go about it. But really, when you have a lesser opponent, you could essentially pick the same player every time. So I think this is a way of giving a shout-out to the Vols as Tennessee is not going to – Received the award each and every week. Could have. Jalen Hyatt could have gotten it again. Uh, but in this particular case, it's UT offensive lineman Jerome Carvin, who won the SEC offensive lineman of the week uh, after Tennessee beating UT Martin 65 to 24. And we'll visit with Caleb about that because that ties back into his offensive line story and it ties back into uh, Tennessee's ability to run the ball. I said before the season that moving Darnell right to right tackle was a bad move and i've since been absolutely corrected in that regard i was wrong he is a natural right tackle and he will be in the nfl because typically that's your stronger running tackle you want your left tackle to have lighter feet and be able to protect the passer's blind side so it's a good move for darnell Wright long term and he's got good enough feet to handle will anderson as he did for the most part against alabama the other thing that um, make, made this such a great move is the fact that Tennessee was able to, on the left side at left tackle, uh, plug in a uh, Gerald Mincy, who has played very well, except for the absence against LSU. And yeah, I, I just think when you look at this, this Tennessee offensive line, they have uh, far outperformed that. And I visited with Chris Landry about that. You can uh, check out Chalk Talk on our uh, YouTube channel, but uh, man, just all across the board, been very, 
impressed with Tennessee's offensive line that is way better than I thought. I'll be honest with you, man. I thought it'd be a C at best. Now it's a B or B plus. It's doing better than that one. Um, I can't remember what year it was, but it was supposed to be like the offensive line of the century at Tennessee. And I can't remember which year it was. I think it was during the Butch Jones era. Everyone was was harping on how great Tennessee's offensive line was, and it ended up not uh, not doing so hot. No, a lot of things under Butch Jones didn't do so hot. Um, and then Especially not bricks. What bricks? Yes, and champions of life. Does and anybody miss? Yes, and turnover trash cans. Uh, two uh, key Tennessee players could return against Kentucky. We'll keep an eye on this. Cedric Tillman. I think from what I'm hearing, he's healthy enough to play against Kentucky, and I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Josh Hopwell said they'll continue to evaluate his progress. And then you have Jalen McCullough, who was held out because he was charged with the aggravated assault the week before the Alabama game, the Sunday before. So, he has cleared the student conduct code issue of this. Now, the legal issue is still out there. And talking to Caleb Calhoun, man, I know you have some pretty strong feelings on this because we've discussed it before. And the the right to a speedy trial, have we just gotten to the point where that is not a fundamental American right anymore? Pretty much. I mean, pretty much. I mean, there's no... It's our judicial system is kind of crazy right now because it's some people get preferential treatment. Some people don't. I mean, it's just back and forth. I don't I don't even know what's happening there anymore. So, I mean, you look at A.J. Johnson, his career was essentially derailed, ended, whatever term you want to use, because it took four what four years. I mean, if they have to wait for the legal system with Jalen McCullough to play itself out, you are going to be talking about the end of the regular season, at least. Yeah. I mean, there's only, what, six weeks left? So you're you're going to be talking about the end of the regular season. He, I mean, his season's almost over with. I don't know what's going to happen in the postseason, but that is a shame. If that's-, that's why, yeah, I, that's why I hate this whole like, oh, for optics reasons, let's sit him. Well, he may have not done anything wrong. You don't know. Like, no one knows what happened or what uh, what took place to cause what ended up, you know, with the guy with the busted out teeth and all that crap. Nobody knows what happened there. So I never, ever, ever, and this is the same thing with Deshaun Watson. It's the same thing with Jermaine Burton. It's the same thing with all of these, all of these players. I'm not one of those people that says, okay, they're guilty until they're found innocent. You are innocent until you're found guilty. And you don't, no one knows the whole story on any of those situations. No one knows the whole story. So in my mind, you are innocent until you're found guilty. And that is, that's the way, like the American way is you're innocent until you're found guilty. McCullough shouldn't be punished for something that we have no idea what those, you know, what happened, what took place. And it, it's, it's it could be anywhere from, hey, look over there. And the guy looks to his left and he sucker punches him. Jalen McCullough sucker punches him. Or it could be the guy tried to push him. And fell down the steps and knocks it, knocked his teeth out. 
there is exactly. so much gray area in this situation. And I know you sent me a tweet about the Jermaine Burton situation. There's a lot of gray area there, too. Um, and you had mentioned yesterday that one of the videos may have been doctored, which could have been the case. I, I, I don't know. But it there's a lot of gray area in the Jermaine Burton situation because th- that is, th- they are somewhat similar. You're running into his place of business. Okay. So if you run, if I run into your, I know you carry, so I know you would do, you wouldn't punch me. But if I ran into your place of business and got in your face or ran into your home, I guarantee you something would happen. Yeah. I mean, I, and again, I'm not defending actions of anybody. I'm, I'm stating that until you're found guilty of something, until somebody finds you guilty, then you should be innocent. The whole optics of let's go ahead and punish this player just in case something else happened that we don't know about, I feel like is ridiculous. I think that McCullough should have played against Alabama. I don't think even if there's something that says, oh, he's being charged with something, that doesn't necessarily mean he's guilty of it. So until they come down with a guilty verdict, then he should have the rights of everybody else. May I offer a total hunch here? And I want to preface this with, I do not know. I'm betting that the guy admitted he was drinking. So he walked in, he said, don't make a big deal about it. Don't be a jerk or something like that. And then you go from, you escalate it from making an innocent mistake. I mean, if you at that point don't say, whoa, dude, my bad, my bad, my bad. I'm very sorry. I think 99 people out of 100 would say, all right, mistake made. Because a lot of those apartments do look the same. Anybody can make that mistake, especially if you've been drinking all day. But this is my hunch, is that he said, hey, man, why don't you just chill out? That's my hunch. And then that escalated the situation. Because if you're in that situation, if I walk into your home, Amanda, and, and I'm in the wrong house and you don't know me, it is on me to say, whoa, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm going to even backstep with my hands up and say, that is on me. That is on me. I apologize. And if I say, and if you say, dude, that's not cool, then I, I'm going to continue to say, you're right. My bad. If I so much as say, Amanda, don't be a jerk about it. Well, then I'm escalating the situation. And it was my fault. That is my hunch as to what happened. Well, regardless of, you know, what took place during, you know, said altercation, we're taking the word of a belligerently drunk guy. <laughs> I mean, that's that's essentially the, the thing is we're taking admittedly. the word yeah. yes, of an admittedly belligerently drunk and concussed individual who fell downstairs. So, like, I don't. That's my problem when with all of these, like, oh, he's he's guilty until we find him innocent. That's not the way it should be. That's not the way it should be. It should be you're innocent until you're found and proven guilty. If if there is more to the story, then there should just be everyone should just stop playing, you know, judge, jury, and ex- executioner for a minute. Chill out and say, let's let's wait till the whole story comes out. Let's wait until we figure it out. And by the way, I see what you did there. The English major used like three adverbs in one sentence. That was strong to quite strong to quite strong in the, in the 
in the levels in the level of strongness that was strong to quite strong yeah Uh, the mattress place is on chapman highway you may think that's a long ways away let me tell you about them tell you how jalen hyatt is better than some entire teams and he is 22 years on chapman highway tell them off the hook sports sent you marine corps veteran own a plus accredited member of the better business bureau over 225 five-star reviews on google no gimmicks just 30 to 70 percent off each and every day so check them out the mattress place and all kinds of jokes that i could have told based off that latest sound i heard but let's move <laughs> That was my cat. I know what that was. Jalen Hyde, let's get to it right now. Uh, Jalen Hyde is better than some entire teams. Now, what do you mean by that? Surely this up-and-coming receiver that we're talking about isn't better than some entire teams. But it actually uh, is the facts. If you look at what he has been able to do in terms of big-time grabs, uh, Jalen Hyde is just absolutely phenomenal when it comes to 40-plus yard grabs. So we've seen him do that against the best. We saw it against UT Martin last week, but he's also done it against Alabama. He's done it against the the best teams on uh, Tennessee's schedule. So it it might surprise some of you to know that there are a lot of teams that haven't uh, had as many 40-yard receptions as Jalen Hyatt has. And um, the thing about Jalen Hyatt, that blows me away is his continued humbleness and he has the t-shirts out. He is the example of what NIL should be. And then I'll get to that stat here in just a moment. My computer's having some issues, but uh, it's on off the but he is the epitome of what NIL is supposed to be. He comes to Tennessee, he proves himself and now he's getting paid. It is not supposed to be a recruiting tool. I think we can all agree that we're Jalen Hyatt fans on, on the program. Would you agree with that, Amanda? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like him a lot. I think he's, I, again, I talk about how he's like the quick, the quick, like unsuspecting person that you don't see. And I like his maturity and how much he's grown from last season to this season. I think it's really good that he took that, you know, he really took that team mentality he, he shedded the the whole, it's me, it's me, it's me. And he took on that role of, I'm going to make my team better and whatever I can do, I'm going to come out and do for my team. And he has just lit the world on fire. I mean, he really has with everything he's accomplished. You know, that can lead us into uh, today's tough question. And let's go ahead and do that right now. Today's tough question is brought to you by our friends at Big Orange Phillies. Certainly check out Big Orange Phillies in the North Knoxville area. Big Orange Phillies has great food. They have a great environment. They are family friendly and they're very convenient to North Knoxville and the Maynardville area. So check them out. Big Orange Phillies, they bring you today's tough question. We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, eh, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh, my God. Man, I'd like to tie this into Jalen Hyatt. And I will, if we can, uh, you're better at molding this than me. How about today's tough question? Who is the most surprising ball this season? 
Is that's he gonna be. That he's gonna win that. Wins that in a runaway. Yeah. Who else you gonna put up there? Darnell Wright. <laughs> Poor Darnell wouldn't get a vote. If, okay, so what if we say other than Jalen Hyatt, who is the most surprising ball? Go ahead and chime in on the message board, and uh, we'll, we'll get to you. Other than Jalen Hyatt. Who is the most surprising ball of the 2022 season? Okay, here's an interesting Brittany Campbell. This, Brittany and I are just like on the same wavelength. It's scary. Um, Brittany said uh, Ramel Keaton. Smoky Mountain Reds said offensive line as a whole. Um, so let's go. Keat, I say, other than Jalen Hyatt. Who is the most surprising player? Offensive line as a whole. And then we can and then we can add uh Ramel Keaton in there as well. Uh Ooh, I have a suggestion. You have one? Lay so, it on me, young lady. Other than Jalen Hyatt, who is the most surprising ball of the 2022 season? Can we include coaches in that? Like I'm Tim looking. Banks. Uh, doing something out of nothing with this defense. Yeah, I mean, sure. Princeton Fant, I think, would be one of the four. We're limited okay. by the tweeter to four. So do you want to go Princeton Fant? And we could say, if you want to, we could say Tennessee's defense or we could say Tennessee defense coordinator Tim Banks. It's totally up to you. Oh, we can't put, fit all of that in there. Um, you got 25 character limit there, Dave. Um, I don't know. Should we just coaching? Let's just do coaching staff. How about that? Uh, yeah, or defensive coaching staff. Your call. Your call. I'm just gonna do coaching staff because I don't know if anybody expected Tennessee to be this good, and and the reason is because of the coaching plays a huge role in that. So we could say the coaches I think surprise people. I'm, I'm just putting coaches in there. I don't care. Princeton Fant, coaching staff. Who else did we have? Uh, we had Princeton Fant. Ramel uh, Keaton. Ramel Keaton. So what are our four? So that's what I was asking you. Yeah. Um, okay. Can't. Well, Fant, Keaton. Um, so we're not going to say because Jalen Hott would run away with it. Offensive line as a whole. Okay. There we go. How about that? There we go. All right. We're in good shape here. Uh, how about Caleb Calhoun joining us next to talk about this uh, Tennessee offensive line, why the run game is so important and uh, more. We'll have message board bingo where we'll give away some great stuff brought to you by Craft Treats. We got a lot coming up. So hang with us back in two minutes off the Oak Sports. Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli South subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. 
We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's This is Al's Desk Barbecue Supply, so come on in and see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food. We'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, but Chattanooga goes to grill. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vassie Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vassie, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vassie's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. In case you're wondering why we we're playing this mishmash song, it's for YouTube funness because they really enjoy. Uh, copyright claims and for some reason if you mash up a bunch of stuff you don't get a copyright claim how about that well at least we don't think so we'll find out she's a man on Facebook. I think we it's because you have to have a certain like length of song or amount of it in the in the video so the mashup takes that out yes I think that's right. I think that is right. All right. Uh, Jackie's saying the humility of this team and the love they have for one another is one of their best assets. Uh, speaking of uh, assets, uh, Amanda uh, was at an event at uh, Zool for not at Zool, but for Zool Beer Company yesterday, the official craft beer of uh, Off the Hook Sports. And when it comes to assets, Amanda, Zool Beer Company has it xulbeer.com i mean they're legitimately like the best beer in knoxville and i'm not saying that i'm not being you know one of those not a team player kind of people where everybody in the craft industry should just love each other and i get that but <laughs> but they've won now two awards one nationwide and <laughs> one well i just love the the essentially set up okay you you finish and i'm gonna do what you just did with caleb's introduction okay well they've won two awards one nationwide and one worldwide one for a hazy ipa and one for their toro yoso which is a mexican lager and is both of them are phenomenal so continue on let's bring caleb calhoun in here caleb could you hear what was going on uh before you got on um just about the beer debate Yes. Okay. Well, here is here is um, the the way I'm going to introduce you, and I learned this just now from uh, Amanda. So, I don't mean this in a bad way because he tries very hard. But Caleb's story on OffTheHookSports.com yesterday was actually pretty good. 
What? It was the way you see. It's like, I don't want to be. I, it was the, I don't want to be mean to everybody. But then you're just darn mean to everybody. No, I just said Zool is the best beer in Knoxville. And that's just the truth. I'm it's just like, serious honest. for a minute, Dave. I'm like, wait, is he about to throw? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It's like that. No offense. Whenever, whenever anyone starts a sentence with no offense, you're about to get offended. Oh yeah, yeah. That's like that, that, that is just like the I'm not racist, but and it's always going to follow <laughs> with uh, <laughs> I'm not racist or I'm not anti-Semitic, but and then you know, <laughs> no offense, but it looks like you've gained some weight. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, Man, Caleb, I can't with you two today. <laughs> by the way, Amanda's like just wasting away. I'm not uh, wasting away. You are. You're on some sort of diet. I'm like, stop it. You're I'm just anyway. eating until I'm full. That's it. Instead you of just overeating. Smoky Mountain Red says, I want to try that Mexican lager now. I will. I, I tell you what, Smoky Mountain Red, if I could, I'm actually, we, we, we looked into this. I can't actually do it, but I was going to ship beer out to people. So like we do with craft treats yeah. and like we do with Alice Ness barbecue, that's frowned upon. Uh, Caleb, did you, were you aware of that? The shipping nice. beer across state borders. Actually, that's what Smokey and the Bandit was all about. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that movie. Oh my gosh. You hate Smokey and the Bandit. I was forced to watch it over and over and over and over. That's me with the Blues Brothers. And I listened to the Blues Brothers soundtrack this morning. Well, good for you. That over and over. Smoking well, the Bandit. Get... Smoking the Bandit, Caleb. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I was never Smoky the Bandit guy. Sorry. <laughs> We're going to make Dave have a heart attack over here. Oh, my gosh. And I can do the best Burt Reynolds impression. Just but I lie. am a illegally move alcohol across state lines kind of. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the, the Moonshiner. Yeah. I mean, yes. uh, uh, Smoky and the Bandit. A perfect prelude. By the way, Smoking the Bandit 3, where uh, Burt Reynolds wasn't in it, does not count. Okay? That does not count whatsoever. But Smoking the Bandit 1 and 2 with the elephant are pretty darn good. Does anybody remember the beer? I'll tell you what. Brad will help us out at Zulbeer.com. Uh, does anybody remember the terrible, terrible beer that they were going to Texarkana to pick up to bring back for the party. Does anybody, no Googling, no Googling. If anybody remembers the beer, then we will get a uh, prize pack from Zool Beer Company. Googling, please. It's Coors, it's Coors Light. Oh, why are you risking Why are you driving 40 miles an hour across state lines for Coors Light? Ew. My dad told me he used to drive across state lines for Coors. Coors was his favorite beer back in the day. Not even kidding. That, yeah, that was a thing. So, I think it was Mike Strange of the Knoxville New Sentinel that told me that as well. Uh, this is how much beer has changed. Uh, Mike Strange said he remembers going to uh, Denver, Colorado and going and having his first craft beer and thinking, wow, this is amazing. There's not just Bud, Miller and Coors. So, <laughs> uh, Caleb, talk about uh, what you uh, wrote about yesterday and after the press conference. Um this this Tennessee football team, this offensive line, this offense in general is a lot more predicated on the run than I think that we 
we give it credit for because the long touchdowns by Jalen Hyatt are, are celebrated. So if, if you can't kind of address what you took away from the press conference yesterday. Yeah, it's um, uh, I, as a matter of fact, I need to correct myself because we were on yesterday talking and I based my analysis of Kentucky on years past under Mark Stoops, not particularly this year, if that makes sense, because I went and did some research in. They're just not good on either, that good on either side of the line of scrimmage relative to what they have been under Mark Stoops. So I think the line of scrimmage is where Tennessee can really win this weekend, and the offensive line is huge for it. They've had three different linemen win SEC Lineman of the Week in their last four games. Javante Spragans, Jerome Carvin, and Darnell Wright. And David, I think me and you were talking, we both think Cooper Mays could have won it one of those times too. Um, and so I think a lot of experience helps. I think this is the difference between – Anybody who watched Mississippi State last weekend against Alabama and really just Mike Leach's offense in general, or Dave, you probably remember this too, Steve Spurrier's offense is in the 90s. That's This is where Heupel's team is different. Florida always struggled in the red zone in the 90s. Spurrier always tried to score from about the 30 or 40-yard line when he got down there. Mississippi State is awful in the red zone a lot of times under Mike Leach. This is where Josh Heupel's offense is not – it can't be compared to those type of offenses because when he gets to the red zone, he runs the ball and they can score and they're not afraid to run it three times from the one yard line to make sure they punch it in. That's interesting. Now here's the way Steve Spurrier did it. And why don't you compare and contrast? Because I've said this before, Caleb knows ball about as well as anybody that, that, that I talk to. And uh, that's why Amanda's on the show as well. Um, I like people who know ball, and they both do. So, But, but Caleb has a, a really good knowledge of the history. So here's – and correct me if I'm wrong, because that was – part of that was during my college days. Part of that was during my professional days. So some of it during the college days might have been a blur. But I do, to me, it was Steve Spurrier is going to beat you with the pass initially, and you're scared to death. And then you have to take more people out of the box because traditionally you would have people in the box because the SEC was a running conference. Uh, they ran the football. But in Steve Spurrier's days, you would back out of that because you were scared. And then when you played the pass more, he'd run it down your throat in the second half. Kind of the opposite that Nick Saban did early in his career. He'd run it at you. Well, and then kind of get conservative. Forget about the Saban part. Your thoughts on the Spurrier part. So the, I agree because Spurrier always remember Spurrier's offense always had like that one star running back. I remember Fred Taylor. Um, I, I I mean, hot take guys. One of the one of Tennessee's greatest wins in history in the swamp may not have happened if Ernest Graham is playing that game. Um, former Vols coach Robert Gillespie was starting because Graham got hurt from a dirty hit against Florida State the week before. Um, are we talking about which year again? Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Oh yeah, that was the week I learned that I was going to be a dad. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I remember you telling me that, um, but uh, I think Spurrier, the problem is when you get to the red zone with Spurrier was, yes, he wanted to gash you because you were having to spread out, you know, move out of the box a lot more. Once you get inside the 10 yard line, you move back into the box. I mean, I don't care what type of offense you're running. You, you stay back into the box. Spurrier loved to use the small five ten speedy receivers on the outside <laughs> and have them burn defensive backs from about 40. Uh, Spurrier's goal was always to get to about the 40-yard line. If he can get to the 40-yard line, he knows he can beat you with a, with a quick touchdown pass into the end zone because his receivers are going to outrun your defensive backs and the quarterback's going to put the ball there. And the quarterback usually got rid of the ball pretty quickly too. Um, once they got down to the 10-yard line, got a little bit trickier sometimes. Um, 
And the same was true with the same is true with Mike Leach now at Mississippi State. If you guys notice, Mississippi State, they want to score from about 30 yards out. When they get inside the 10 yard line, it gets tough for them to score. Hmm. Interesting. Let me ask you this, Amanda. I'll do, I'll do a little round table of the state of, of football because I am a guy that likes, I'm not saying I like the nine to six scores, but in a perfect world, football for me is 24, 21, 24, 21, 17, you know, where, where a score really matters. It's not 50 to 49. So I'm curious, Amanda, this, do you think that you'll ever get back to running the football and, and, and coming back to the way football used to be, or are we just in a totally different era, kind of like when they added the three point line? I think we're in a totally different era. Um, until you can find a defense that's able to stop this kind of offense, you're not going to go back to what it used to be. Now, if somebody can come up with something that will stop the Hendon Hooker type, Josh Heupel, you know, type offense, then then maybe we go back. Maybe it's – I think football is a game where you're always trying to figure out how to uh, outcoach the other side. It – I, a lot of it is on the field, but some of it that people don't realize is is coaches calling plays and trying to counteract other, you know, what coaches are doing. But until somebody can figure that out and play a defense that can can just even slow it down a little bit, then no, this is the this is the football we have. Caleb, Amanda, I tend to agree, and Caleb, we. When we talk about the RPO and players are allowed to run downfield and uh, whether it's a passing or running play, I don't know that that's going to change anymore, that you're able to put so much pressure on a defense. As Gary Danielson told me once, it's bastardized the sport, which is a Well, yes, but there's – it's not just defenses getting stops or not, to be fair. I mean, it's also – there's a lot more possessions in football games now. Um, I think we have to take that into account. Um, you know, you're going, I I've said for a while, I don't think one, yes, Tennessee, we, we know Tennessee has weaknesses in the secondary. This is just an example. Tennessee has some weaknesses in the secondary. They've given up over 300 yards through the year, the last four games, but three of those games they had pretty much in hand and they were letting the other team just throw it all over the field in desperation in the fourth quarter. It was like, um, Going back to Florida, it was like Peyton Manning's 460-yard game against Florida in 96. That is the most plastic yards stat line that Peyton Manning had ever. That one when uh, Florida jumped out 35 to nothing. Yes, and Manning, oh, I remember that. Yeah, and Manning. That, those would have been one of my blurry days. Oh. <laughs> I had a little bit too much fun um, when, I, when UT let me back in. Uh, oh. <laughs> that, yeah, they asked me to leave for a little bit, and then I went back, and that was my first year back in. And I can tell you that, um, yes, I remember enough of that game to know that 460 passing yards was very inflated. Yeah, most meaningless 460 yards ever, ever thrown in a football game. Tennessee's giving up. So I, I bring that to bring up Tennessee's giving up a lot of passing yards right now. And yes, they gave up 49 points to Alabama. Newsflash, it's Alabama. Alabama still has weapons everywhere. Um, but they held LSU to 13 points. They were up 38 to 21 on Florida late in the fourth quarter until again, they called off the dogs and we're just trying to milk the clock and let Florida force them to use the clock to try to come back. 
they almost pulled it off because of a couple of fluke plays, but they weren't really, you know, going as aggressive as they were. They held LSU to 13 points. And again, UT Martin had seven points or was it 10 or seven or something like that until they pulled the backup sense. So I think this concept of struggling to stop teams is a little bit, I think it has more to do with the possessions that are being played and also the desperation that comes with teams throwing the ball over the field when you're playing soft coverage, when you're up by three, four, five scores. Yeah, Amanda, I I think, and you sent me a very interesting tweet talking about how the NFL used to have, it used to respect high school football. It used to respect college football and wouldn't step on their toes. And I still remember, I'm old enough where I remember they first, uh, where college football was the same way with high school and they started playing Friday night games. And, and now I know that um, the NFL playing Thursday night games was actually a big deal because that was Maction. Uh, that was Mac games. I just like saying Maction. And um, I think maybe the one advantage just purely, if you, if you came here other than tradition and you came here from Mars and you didn't go to school at Tennessee or go to any particular school, the one advantage from an aesthetic standpoint that college football now has is the RPO game. The offensive linemen are allowed to release downfield. It is an up-tempo game. And I don't think you could play that for 17 weeks in the NFL. I think you'd have guys dropping dead. Almost, I almost mean that literally. No, I agree with that. It would be a very, very, very difficult feat. Do I think it's going to head that way? I Probably. I mean, unfortunately, probably, but also college football is going to head the way of the 17 games in a season because they're going to expand the playoffs. And as we talked to, and I can never remember the the man's name because I'm terrible with names. Um, at SEC Media Days, we asked, okay, so, you know, what will regular season look like if if you do expand these playoffs? And it's it's going to stay the same. Just these teams are going to have to play this many extra games. So, I mean, we're going to that. I mean, we're getting there. Because if you look at regular season is 12 games, especially in SEC, some some conferences are not. But it's 12 games, and then you have the championship game, which makes it 13. And then with the 12 teams, that's at least, what, 16 games if you make it all the way? If you make it all the way, so you're at 13 you have a bye week for the first week if you're number one. Well, let's say you're not, just to, for extreme circumstances. Okay. Let's say you're five through 12. So that would be uh, – help me with the math here, Caleb. It's, three, be- it's three games if you're five through 12 and you make it all the way. Three games in the playoffs. Okay. So it's 16 total. So you so would be 16. Playing- mm-hmm. Yeah. Goodness yes. gracious. That's and by the way, that's not even taken into account with conferences expanding. Guys, I've heard some rumors that – they might turn conference championships into playoffs. Like four divisions, winners of divisions do a one through four to win the conference title. I mean, what happens if the conferences expand to 20 or 24 teams? There's no way you can crown a champion with just one one game, one championship game at the end. See, my biggest concern right now, and Jonathan Crompton alluded to this on Friday, and he joins us each and every Friday, so be sure and uh, mark your calendar for that because he's fantastic, but – he kind of alluded to this. Is it in Tennessee's best interest to go to the conference championship or is it in their best interest to lose to Georgia and not have to play that week and maybe make the college football playoff if things shake out? That to me is he's he's absolutely right. 
but it's very disturbing because it's I the can, flaw of conference championships. Yes, I can tell you that my least favorite event that I had to cover was the SEC basketball tournament because other than one team coming out of nowhere and winning and making it to the NCAA, it didn't really mean a lot. You knew who was going to make the tourney beforehand. It was like sitting around and, and it was the worst when Tennessee had to play like the nine forty five game. At yes. night. And yeah, I don't want to me winning the sec still means something. And probably for big 10 people, Randy, you got ties there. It probably still means something, but does it mean something to win the Big 12? Does it mean something to win the pack, whatever it's going to be? I don't know. Does the Big 12 even have a championship game? Because they didn't for a while. Yeah, they, I, I don't Big know. Big 12 does a round robin, and then do they? they take the top two teams at the end to play. Yeah, I don't know what they they're going to do when they have 12. Well, no, they have a team. They do? Yeah, they take the two teams with the best record after their round robin, and then those two teams play for a championship. I don't think they should – Look, my dream scenario in football, and I don't know, is if I'm being honest with you guys, this is why I've always wished the conferences would just go back to 10 teams. 10 teams of conference, no division, round robin, nine games, three, four non-conference games. That way you can crown a legitimate conference champion um, because you all played each other one time, and whoever there's, whoever there's the best record wins it. And, you know, I'm – I may, I actually think maybe these bloated expanded conferences will go back to that. What if like the SEC expands to like 30 teams and then they're like, you know what? We're going to create three 10 team mini conferences and then those will all be conference champions. I'm like, well, I mean, I know you're joking, but th- that's essentially what it's going to be. Cause at some point yeah. the big 10 and the SEC are going to have to come together. Right. Yeah, they're going to gobble up everything. And then there's going to be some third conference that gobbles up the remainder of the teams. I do think there's still going to be – I don't know what that third conference is going to look like, but, you know, it'll be two conferences combining the same way the historic Southwest and Big 8 combined, which, you know, the funny thing about that is I go back and read old newspaper clippings from that time when the Southwest and Big 8 combined, and it was like, this is going to be the most historically great conference ever, and then it fizzled out in 20 years. So my question, my question is, essentially, are we seeing college football translate or transfer into the NFL? Because that seems like what it's what it's doing. Is that where we're is that the end goal? That that is. Yeah. And you and I maybe hinted at it and danced around. But I think whether or not that's the goal, that's the trend. Yeah, because now I mean, we're okay. So we're paying players. Now, yes. players are now being compensated for what they do on the field. So they're now professional athletes. We're trying to expand the the playoff, which makes it similar to an NFL playoff now. Um, and we're now trying these, thinking about these mega conferences, which AFC, NFC, pretty much. So we're just, we're just basically turning college football into the NFL. Well, the, and it depends on the autonomy too, like, you know, if I go with like, for instance, are the SEC and Big Ten just going to come together and have a union, but they still have a lot of autonomy over their own conferences, or is it going to be one league? Because I mean, this is this goes back to the baseball point. You know, the whole concept was the American League and National League were autonomous for a hundred years, basically. Wow, that is and, I'd never thought of that ALNL comparison, but that is what it's going to be with the Big Ten and the SEC. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be autonomous. And remember, it wasn't until '97 when the ALNL ever even played each other in the regular season. 
And then they, the World Series was just kind of like this effective agreement that they had at the end of the year. Like, okay, you'll send us your best team, send our best team, and we play. But the real focus was the NL and AL separately and who won the pennant each year. And that's why you see separate MVPs in baseball for both leagues. You don't see that in any other sport. And Wow. Are we trending that way or are we trending more? I think Caleb nailed it. Are we trending more NFL where it's just two divisions? I mean, NFL was that way too until the official merger in, I guess, 1970. But, um, yeah, I think – I think a better comparison is it because NFL still it, it's a little hazy with NFC and AFC. It's more like NBA and NHL or MLB because NBA and NHL are like clearly under one league. They just have conferences separated by geographical regions, whereas the MLB and NFL historically were two separate leagues that kind of formed a union. We're going to probably look more. It's I think it's going to look more like baseball. I think it's going to look more like where the Big Ten and the SEC run their own leagues but they have this kind of agreement at the end of the year, like, okay, you send us your best team. We'll send you our best team. And we'll have some national championship game that they play. Somehow, some way urban Meyer will be the Pete Rose of the big 10. Uh, <laughs> he's a dirty cheater. Uh, <laughs> oh I think that's God. only in marriage. Yes. I think it's only in marriage. So we had, as far as we know right now, I will tell a quick story about uh, Pete Rose. Uh, so uh, the late Jeff Jacoby, who I did a show with, and I loved that. Uh, he actually grew up down the road from Pete Rose. So he always defended him, said he should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to get into that. That's a June topic. But I remember asking uh, Jeff Jacoby, I said, what was he like? He said he was very competitive, said we used to play ping pong all the time when I was a kid. And I said, how old were you? And he said, 16. And I said, well, did he ask you to gamble on ping pong? And he, goes, <laughs> he said, yeah. um, that guy wanted to gamble and everything so a dust up on the message board and i I don't typically uh, go this direction but there there uh don says i have a pete rose haircut well then you need to get that taken care of um my dust up on the message board as i'm going to i'm going to warn and i'm being nice here there's aem 1031 uh, who's calling people out for using uh, acronyms, the LOLs, which I use all the time, by the way. Uh, how old are you and that sort of thing. But apparently is a Georgia fan saying that Tennessee fans are uh, just fair weather fans. This is why they're coming out of nowhere. And this is uh, uh, that their their reign ends, the 15 minutes of fame ends when, when Tennessee plays Georgia. That may well be the case. And Vegas agrees with you. And right now I do think Georgia beats Tennessee. But I can tell you that Tennessee fans still piled in 80,000 people or more on a regular basis for three straight dolts as a head coach. Yeah, it, I got to jump I, in I, here. Well, yeah, I just let me, let me finish with this. I, I, I just I think to say that Tennessee fans are fair weather fans is is absurd. I don't think Georgia fans are fair weather fans. I don't think Alabama fans are fair weather fans. That's what ma- that is the one thing to Amanda's point that makes college football different than the NFL. Sorry, Caleb, go ahead. No, no, it's I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting you. I should have let you finish. I'm just by my I can't get this. If Tennessee fans are so fair weather, this is a school that was four and eight and their fan base killed a coaching hire. You tell me a fair weather fan base that can literally kill a coaching hire when their school was four and eight. Like, you know, it is, fun. it is really funny I, to bring that up. I got some insight onto that whole Shiano thing that I cannot share. I'm sworn to secrecy, but 
it will blow you away. Go ahead, Amanda. So my here's my statement about this is nobody trolls anyone that they're not afraid of. No one trolls. No one trolls goes on, you know, other shows that are essentially covering one specific team. No one trolls people like that. If you're not afraid of them, I've never in my entire, you know, fan base, I've never gone and trolled another fan base in one of their, in one of the, you know, whoever's covering them. I've never gone into a, a chat board or a chat room and trolled another fan base. That's, that's not something that I do. And that's not something typically I see from people unless they're scared of what's coming up. There's well, no point. They don't listen, shouldn't even register on your radar. If you're not concerned about Tennessee and you're in the SEC East, simple fact is you haven't been watching football. I mean, if you're in the SEC East and you're Kentucky or in the West, for that matter, Alabama, whoever, if you're in the SEC and you're not concerned about Tennessee football and what they've been able to do this year, then you either haven't watched any football or even a highlight show or you're just sticking your head in the sand. Because the simple fact is I've seen enough. And listen, I, I... we, we didn't start all this because I thought Tennessee was going to be 7-0 and and on the verge of a college football playoff. God knows I would have definitely started it. Um, and we, we launched June the 6th. But I will tell you this. When you look at Tennessee and what they have already done, what was it? Roughly 20, no, it'd be like a 20 months or so from having players leaving having players um, disgruntled, bad practice habits. McDonald's bags. Coming off of Pruitt, McDonald's bags, NCAA violations, as she alluded to, Amanda alluded to, around the corner. If you don't think that Josh Heupel is a threat right now, then you're absolutely crazy. You're unhinged if you really – and that's coming from, you know, obviously from – from us who try to be as unbiased as humanly possible, <clears throat> you are you're unhinged if you believe that that Tennessee is not a threat to to anybody in college. I don't care if you're Ohio State. If you're Ohio State or Michigan and you think you have a direct path in to the college football playoff, you're looking at Tennessee going, you know, they've beaten Alabama. They have Kentucky, which they should take care of. Then they have Georgia. And and I'm sorry, I'm I said that I thought they would beat Georgia because I don't think Georgia is that good this year. I just don't. The three games that they played where it was way too close for comfort and it shouldn't have been, that's problematic to me. You know, people say, oh, Alabama is way too co- close for comfort. And that's true in Texas and, you know, Texas A&M and then losing to Tennessee. But who was Georgia way too close for comfort? Missouri almost beat you. And that was two other schools that I don't even, Georgia, what well, was Samford? Samford, that was well, and, right yeah. there. And let's be clear you, whoever this person is, is, I, I did put them in timeout or whatever it's called, not because of uh, getting Riley. I actually like that a lot, but it started making sexual references. So I went ahead and dropped them out. But, uh, because we're not going to do that. God knows I've got enough 
I, I spend enough time get, keeping a porn off the site. So, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not going to let our, I'm not going to let people come in and do that. So I don't know if I put you in timeout or blocked you, but I really don't care. So the, the thing is you're listening to me. I'm not listening to you. Okay. And I'm going to tell you that you should be concerned about Josh Hype. I'm not saying that Tennessee is going to beat Georgia this year. I'm not saying that Tennessee is going to beat Georgia 15 years in a row. I'm not going to say they're going to own Georgia in recruiting as they did at one point. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm saying if you're not concerned, you are the delusional one. I mean, yeah, it, this is this is like TDS. I mean, everyone I think knows what TDS was. It's, it's political thing trump derangement syndrome that's what they called it where everybody is constantly focused on the one person and they troll the person over and over and over and over and over again and like that's all people can think about well if you are here and talking about tennessee instead of going to whatever show that you're you know that's talking about your your school or, or your fan base if you're here then that means Tennessee's in your head. I mean, that's clearly what it means. Tennessee is in your head. If you're on a chat board talking to Tennessee fans and you're talking about how bad Tennessee sucks, well, you're here to troll Tennessee, and that means Tennessee's on your mind. So regardless of whatever you say about how, oh, Georgia's going to take care of them and and we're going to this and we're going to that, Clearly, people who have that confidence don't troll other fan bases. They just don't do it, especially not in the middle of a, a show. Shouldn't you be watching something about the Bulldogs? I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, and uh, somebody else is saying, boy, that was pretty gutless using that lame excuse to ban that guy. You don't know me. I mean, <laughs> you, Google me. Well, also, not, this be, this, I have this no be the problem. same person with the new fake account coming in because unnamed source is the name. And so, yeah, I mean, I have I have no problem with uh, I have no problem with conflict. I have zero problem with confrontation. You don't know me. Google me, Caleb. Um, this uh, football team does have to get ready for Kentucky. And yes. while I have no reason to believe that they would stub their toe um, because they have been very professional in how they've gone about business. This is not a give me win in any shape, form or fashion. And, and really it's weird because this Kentucky team wants to be a running football team, but in this particular year with Will Levis and we'll see what the Chris Rodriguez brings back to the table, but they've been more of a passing team, which takes advantage of Tennessee's weakness. And um, Caleb, this is, this is no gimme. I mean, people that are looking ahead to Georgia need to check themselves. I agree. I mean, this is a huge – Tennessee needs to take this seriously. Um, and I think that the part of the reason is because the way to beat Kentucky is not necessarily scheming. I talked about it yesterday. It's the line of scrimmage. The line of scrimmage is all about, like, that's one where you just have to be motivated to play because there's no other part of the game that just is more about effort a lot of times than the line of scrimmage. And I think um, Tennessee's pass rush – this is where Byron Young and Tyler, this is where Byron Young earns all of his preseason stripes this weekend. Kentucky's been sacked 26 times on the year. They're horrible at protecting Will Levis. Will Levis is not a mobile quarterback. Tennessee he's a hurt has quarterback. I'm sorry. He's a hurt quarterback. And he's a hurt quarterback. He's a great That's quarterback throwing sure. the ball. I actually do think he's an NFL quarterback, but yeah. he's he's been banged up. 
He's not mobile, and Kentucky is horrible at protecting him. If Byron Young and Tyler Barron can't walk away with like a combined five sacks in this game, I'll throw Roman Harrison in there too and a couple of lines. It, Tennessee needs at least five sacks in this game. And I don't mean hurries. I mean sacks. And I'm thinking they have to get to Will Levis all the time because he's going to torch their secondary if he has time. He's too good of a quarterback. Tennessee has too many issues in the secondary. Their best bet is they need – Byron Young was a preseason All-SEC defensive end. It's, this is his game. This is his I'm going to be an All-American at the end of the year type of game right here. I think that's I think that's a great point. Um, and you take it a step further, they need to do the same thing against Georgia because Tennessee's secondary is still suspect. It's kind of like we've forgotten a little bit of that, and a lot of that goes to Tim Banks. Where did we settle on today's tough question, Amanda? I know it was going to include Tim Banks. I want to be sure and retweet that on the Twitter. It is not including Tim Banks. It's okay. the coaching staff. Um, so it's other than Jalen Hyatt, who's the most surprising ball of the 2022 season. We have Princeton Fant, the coaching staff, Ramel Keaton in an offensive line. And the offensive line is just killing it with 66.7%. I mean, they're, they just ran over everyone. Ramel Keaton is no second. Yes. No, that's pretty good. <laughs> I, well, I cannot find today's tough question on. I don't know. You can never find it, and I um, don't understand. You can find every other tweet that I said. No, you cannot find today's know, tough for question some, for some reason. That one just I don't know doesn't show up. So I'll continue looking for it, and we'll find it. Goodness gracious! I can go back to the very beginning of the show, but I can't find today's tough question. All right, we're Here. gonna work that out. I'll just tag you in it. Tag me in it, and then I'll be able to retweet it so that um, uh, that will give. And, and by the way, we do want, um, what was it, unnamed source? While you're Googling me, you can go ahead and vote on that question. Back in two minutes after this, he's Caleb Calhoun. Follow him on Off the Hook Sports. She's Amanda LaFrada and awesome. I'm Dave Hook. Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been, but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas, fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business.
Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's your man. In sports history, putting things in perspective, exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old, when you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. You kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. Caleb Calhoun's hanging with us to the top of the hour. He didn't know that, but now I told him he is. Are you cool with that, Caleb? No, no that's fine. <laughs> All, right, All right. So uh, this day in sports history, uh, Brittany is just, again, so awesome. Because, I, you know, she, she said, I'll, I'll get you November before the end of the month. And sure enough, she did. So uh, here we go. And let me pull up that spreadsheet. Do you know how to use spreadsheets, Caleb? Somewhat depends on the spreadsheet. Like we use in Excel, we use in Google Docs. <laughs> no, this is kind of a joke about how <clears throat> I struggled with spreadsheets for a number of years, and and up until today, October the twenty fifth, two thousand three, number twenty three, Tennessee beats Alabama fifty one to forty three in five overtimes, making UT. The first visitor to win three straight games at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Afterwards, beat reporter Dave Hooker iced his knees. Casey Clawson was 23 of 43 for 283 yards and four touchdowns. Cedric Houston was, ran 16 uh, times for 83 yards, uh, one reception for 12 yards. Uh, Corey Campbell had an interception. There's a name, a blast from the past. Corey Larkins. Three kick returns for 69 yards. Mark Jones, three punt returns for 26 yards. And I will tell you, so there's this rule that you can go down to the field with, um, in the NFL, it's the two-minute warning or less. And college football, it's five minutes or less. So really, there's no point in going down to the field other than maybe getting to the press area a little bit earlier. Because... I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm, I have a good enough eye for football where I can tell what in the world's going on on the sideline because I can't. <clears throat> so, but I would go down for some reason to kind of get a feel for the team. Maybe you pick something up. And that game was supposed to be over and then it went into five overtimes. It took approximately, it's one of the games that they altered the rules, isn't it, Caleb? Slightly where you had to start going for two. It was one of the, there were like a handful of games all at the same time. It was an hour and a half of overtime. I remember that. Very oh well. my gosh. And I was standing there, for those that don't know, I have bad knees. And I just thought, should I go back up to the press box where I can sit down? Should I sit Indian style? crisscross applesauce on the field what should i do amanda hasn't heard of that you haven't heard of that no i just haven't heard a grown man say it but that's fine <laughs> this is mike shula should have been fired after that game by the way alabama had eighteen thousand seven hundred forty-six chances to win that game and mike shula just screwed up time and time and time again and i will never forget the fourth and inches and all you got to do is a quarterback sneak to win the game. And he's like, no, let me call on my punt team. <laughs> Tennessee has the 
best hurry up offense in football that year. And they only run it at the end. Um, Fulmer wasn't confident in that game too. He accepted a holding penalty that made it like first and two, as opposed to a first and 10 when Tennessee needed a stop, not field position. But you know, that was, and then Mike Shula rushing three playing zone on fourth and 19, allowing CJ Faton to get wide open in the corner for a conversion. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Mike Shula single-handedly lost that game. I will never forget that. I, I was, agree I, with that, but I would I not know that all that. Yeah, I was at that game and wrote about that game. You don't remember the fourth and 19? I, I mean, I remember the fourth and 19. I don't remember all the other stuff you said. Okay, so the fourth and 19 was the crazy part because Tennessee, Shula had a three-man rush and played a soft zone in one of the just the dumbest decisions I think I've ever seen on a defensive call. I don't know who made that call defensively, but it was just – yeah, he should have been fired after that game. Mike Shula lost that game by himself. This day in sports history brought to you by Andy Mason. And Andy Mason is the realtor you need to know in the Knoxville area. Over 40 years of experience in his office. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. That's AndyMasonRealEstate.com. And don't make a mistake with another realtor that could cost you thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars. Because Andy Mason is all about the best prices. And he's all about the best customer service. He's moved properties for me. And I can tell you that AndyMasonRealEstate.com is uh, the way to go. No question about it. So, yeah, I definitely could have used, I would have taken some of the chill pills. I would have just eaten those from CraftTreats.com where you can use off the hook and get 20% off for the chill pills. That would have helped me. They're mostly for your pet, but that would have helped my knees. Not mostly for your pet. They are for your pet. Let's not, <laughs> no, mostly. Mostly for your, your pet and trick-or-treaters. No, dear God, stop it. <laughs> Why do we not take pets on? I do. Well, I don't take them, but in the neighborhood. So what I did last year. Sorry, I'm up? sharing this. Please tell me what? you dress them up. Please tell me you don't dress them up. Of course you do. It's trick-or-treating. But there, other people take their dogs when they take their kids around the na- our neighborhood. And I got little squeaky toys and stuff for the dogs so that when they came around and did the trick-or-treat thing, I gave their dog something. I like dogs a lot more than I like children. Just FYI. Um, do you dress your dogs up? You do dress your dogs up? Yeah. She's 10 pounds. Do you dress your dog up, Caleb? Absolutely not, Jordan. My, my, <laughs> mother, my mother-in-law bought him a couple of sweaters, and I'm like, he's not wearing these. You wasted your money. He's never wearing these sweaters. Like, he is a 60-pound labrador, has an undercoat. He doesn't need a, a sweater. Well, no, you're he, like, miserable. I'm hotter than darn it. Yeah. Ava is a 10-pound chorky, and she freezes. So that she, makes more sense. Exactly. She can wear sweaters when it's cold outside. And she can also <laughs> be a bee or a butterfly or a dragon for Halloween. She has her Halloween outfit. She's actually going to be a dragon. So My dog is named for Sirius Black, the Harry Potter character. So we might do an Azkaban outfit. So My cat is Penelope Clearwater. Somebody. Oh, my gosh. Really? Somebody fire yes. up the nerd alert. Um, so, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I Well... I don't like when people dress their dogs up for Halloween, but Amanda's dog is actually smaller than a football, so it's not technically a dog. Did Wait, you know that? That's a Amanda's rule. dog is smaller than a football, so it's not yeah. technically a dog. Yes, your dog is almost the same size, so let's not play here, Dave. 
My dog's fat recently. Her dog is also named for somebody who dated Percy Weasley, so not greatest taste in men. But that's you know. a cat. My cat. Her cat. Her cat's named after uh, somebody who dated Percy Weasley, so not the best taste in men. Hey, he <laughs> turned it around at the end. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Okay. He, he, he redeemed himself. Uh, okay. Uh, like, subscribe, and share. Uh, John says it's a large guinea pig. Uh, that's exactly what Amanda's dog is. Uh, John, Amanda come here and say that to her face. Whoa, that's a call out. And uh, after uh, he, he, somebody said, after watching on my TV, I had to go to my app just to say Caleb uh, seems to be the only one that's halfway objective. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, Amanda is incredibly objective, and it's funny how I get – ask Philip Fulmer if I'm objective. He'd probably oh, say the opposite. Life. Ask some people now if I'm objective. They'd probably say the opposite. I, I'm just going to leave it at Google me. Nutrition. It could be the – it could be – maybe I'm actually more tied as a fan because, like, I've been the one so negative on the Vols all year, but I've just been, like, covering the – I mean, you know, following them the last – 20 years the more you follow them the more heavily you follow them the more negative you are because you just can't believe this is happening right now if you're following tennessee you're just like wait this is happening tennessee's actually starting to know you're a fan right caleb grew up a fan i'm I, I've, i'm like dave i've retired my fandom now so right um that i'm not <clears throat> so yeah gene yeah. says my dog is 16 years old named peyton is your dog named after anybody Ah. Nutrition World partnering on your wellness journey. You can find them very easily at nutritionw.com. Nutritionw.com. Do not take supplements from some of the big name places that you might have heard of. Nutrition World bets everything so that they know that it's safe and it's the right thing for you. I've walked in the acronym other store. And they say, ask, uh, I got this going on. This is years ago. What do you think? And he goes, well, uh, you could try this, I guess. That's not the yeah. way it is at Nutrition I, World. That's happened um, to me too. Yeah, nutritionw.com. They have been voted one of the best e-commerce stores in nutrition. So you'll get your supplements quickly. And they are fantastic. If you're in the Chattanooga area, they have local locations. But I want to encourage you to go to nutritionw.com and uh, place your order there and you move your supplement needs over there. You'll, you will email me and be happy that you did. I can, I can say that uh, for sure. Brittany says BVS is very real battered ball syndrome. Uh, there's no question. It is. Yeah. There's, there's no question. And um, I think that, I think that fans are starting to move beyond that. I think this team though, I wonder Caleb, how much it affected this team because I don't, Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I, I think because they're relying on so many transfers, I'm not sure it had that much of an, of an effect on them. I mean, so many of them aren't. I mean, I, I will say uh, I, I'm not one who buys into the, oh, they're just playing the game and the fans have no impact. I'm sorry. I, I do believe that players, the feeling on campus infects players, whatever it is. They go to class on Monday through Friday. They hear things that's being talked about. Even even as they're practicing, it's It's more impossible to tune it out in college football than the NFL. So whatever the mood of the campus is, is going to infect a college football team. Well, it's but, interesting you say that because I think it was the Kentucky game, and Josh Heupel alluded to this yesterday in the press conference. Uh, Josh Heupel said it was the Kentucky game that really taught the 
taught Tennessee that preparing and doing all the right things would lead to success. And you have to have that buy-in moment. I don't think you can overstate how significant the Kentucky win last year in that shootout was, Caleb, as far as a buy-in moment. Yeah, but it's also what you do with it. Because don't forget in 2018, Tennessee beat Jeremy Pruitt's first year. Tennessee beat Auburn on the road and Kentucky when Kentucky was really good that year too. Um, and Auburn was ranked when Tennessee beat him. And it didn't, and they got nothing out of that going forward. I mean, they didn't build off that at all. Um, so, but I, and Butch Jones, 2013, they beat South Carolina. As a matter of fact, ruined a potential SEC championship season for Spurrier in his last good year with South Carolina. They finished number five. Nothing really came of that. So yeah, it, I get the concept of signature wins to be a buy-in, but that hasn't worked. That didn't work for the previous two coaches. And with Derek Dooley, there was no signature win with Derek Dooley. They kept waiting for one. <laughs> but at the end of the day, didn't, with the with Pruitt versus Kentucky, Tennessee probably had more talent, and the players knew deep down that Jeremy Pruitt was a bullethead dope. Wow. I mean, that, <laughs> there were some things that happened that year that – If you oh, buy into him, I've got oceanfront property in Montana to sell you. This is, that's just a lot, though. Yeah, it's just there were some lot. things that happened that year that I think hurt some confidence in Pruitt, such as like – Pruitt, like saying that he told Corte Sapp to leave the field for not listening to him. And then the next day he's like, he made a mistake. He's back on the team. Something was very suspicious about that. Um, but I could see that. I could see them not believing in Pruitt. But I mean, you know, if you're basing this off his press conferences, LSU players believed in Ed Orgeron for a minute. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I think they, I think they believed in his coordinators and he was smart enough. To, to be a cheerleader, uh, yeah, basically. yeah. Until or he started bringing actual, yeah, until he started bringing actual cheerleaders around campus. <laughs> I see yeah. what you did there. That was pretty good. Or to date three would have been even better. And to so take photos of himself shirtless in bed with one, which he did. So awkward. That is the nastiest thing. I just oh, every time I see that picture, I just like it. Yeah. Uh, are we talking about? Ed being shirtless. Ed being shirtless in bed with some like girl that's way too young to be in bed with him. That's like his daughter's age. If he oh, had a daughter, I don't even know if it, he does. But it, le- it leaks like, yeah. It's so gross. <laughs> now the joke is like every time LSU wins, people will share a picture with that. Be like Ed Orgeron enjoying that buyout money right now. <laughs> so gross. It's so nasty. Um, I still remember being told about his very first meeting when he was at the head coach at Ole Miss. He goes, "I've, I've looked at your tape." And um, we tried to get Ed on the show before the LSU game, and uh, he didn't return the call. But um, he's in seventeen million dollars. Why would he return anyone's call? Yeah. So, as somebody told me before, I found his number. I got his number from another coach. And but before I got his number, uh, I said, "Do you happen to have Ed's number?" And he goes, uh, "No, but you should probably just call around every bar in Destin." And he's probably <laughs> one of those. <laughs> I don't know. I got. <laughs> I thought that was hey, crazy. he got his national championship. He got his money. And... I remember that season. I remember that season. Two things happened within 10 minutes of each other. I'm just going to say this real quick. I interviewed Ed Orgeron. He was a hook. And he always says that And because I covered him at Tennessee, so we kind of knew each other. And, and I thought – I walked away from that, and I thought to myself – I didn't say it publicly, but I thought there is no way in God's creation this man is going to hoist a national championship trophy. <laughs> That's what I thought to myself. And then – because I'm pretty tight with LSU peeps, I got a one-on-one with Joe Burrow and uh, interviewed Joe Burrow. And I'm like, I walked away from that going, there's something about that dude. 
that like he was so comfortable in his own skin and so confident. I was like, maybe they can make some noise. I still didn't think they could win a national championship, but it goes to show you what taking one graduate class online and being in the, uh, basically being in the film room 12 hours a day will do for you. Cause that's what Joe Burrow did. He was I know a- someone obsessed with him, like obsessed with Joe Burrow. Oh, I work for a she's company like, out of Ohio. I know a lot of people obsessed with him. Yeah. But it's a girl and she's like, he's the hottest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, Ooh, really? Really? I mean, you you jump like- over Christian McCaffrey and you go straight to Joe Burrow. You know, I will say Joe Burrow kind of in a certain light kind of looks like Harry Styles. So I'm going to throw that out there. Okay, maybe I'm just old because, ew, Harry Styles, (laughs) gross. (laughs) Joe Burrow does kind of look like him. And we uh, appreciate you sharing our channel with Georgia fans. I really do. Um, Because apparently another Georgia fan is saying, which of you picked Tennessee to beat UGA in Knoxville last season? Oh, Did no, you? not last season. Oh. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Who, I thought you picked Tennessee last season. year to beat t- Georgia and Knoxville. I don't think anybody does. Nobody. Nobody. I, I wasn't covering Tennessee at that time. So. Trying, to get a, trying to get a rise out of you. That's what she's trying to do. Oh, bad. I do want to say, though, when we're talking about Georgia fans, um, or the Georgia game, not just saying, just Jalen Hyatt so far has 40 receptions, 769 yards, 12 touchdowns, and averages 19.2 yards a a catch Devonte smith in his heisman season heisman winning season had 117 receptions 18 or 1856 yards averaged 15.9 yards per catch and he had 23 touchdowns jalen hyatt's already halfway there that is interesting he's one touchdown away from the school record for tennessee which is set by marcus nash in 97 and as dave can tell you that was all peyton manning marcus nash had nothing to do with that record (laughs) (laughs) uh if you can georgia fans just watch out for for that little would it not would it not be the most tennessee thing ever if hendon hooker didn't win the husband because jalen hot became a real candidate and they split the vote and somebody else won it tennessee should have I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, would be, has, but Heisman wise, would that not be the most Tennessee thing ever? It would. Well, it would. The only clear cut Heisman wise. winner Tennessee's ever had that should have been Heisman winner outside of Peyton, but the one who would have won it was Gene Mekiver in nineteen twenty nine. But unfortunately, God, there was no Heisman love. during that time. Well, uh, Johnny Major should have won it. He, well, you can make a case for Jim Brown that year too, though at Syracuse. Um, Dear God, but Johnny Majors was second. Yes, I agree. No, what we agree is Paul Hordick had no business winning that Heisman. That was the that's the yeah. biggest so job ever. Was, but a, was that a four and seven? No, no two and nine, two and eight, two, two and eight. eight. Yes, Notre Dame is played one game on TV that year in 1956, which was rare at the time. And he Horner played well in that one game, and that like skewed the Heisman voting for him. And so, to, to all of you out there, Tennessee fans and Georgia fans alike, which we've become popular with, please like, share, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate that. Biles Automotive Group is all about integrity there on Callahan. Biles Automotive Group is unbelievable when it comes to providing you the best car selection and the best experience when purchasing a car. And also, they have a service department that is unparalleled. That's Biles Automotive Group on Callahan. So what about a little message board bingo? And Georgia fans are allowed to win, and you will get to choose 
between one of two things. You can either win a fantastic gift package from our friends at Owl's Nest Barbecue right there in Ottawa, or you can win some chill pills. And it's your choice. So if you don't have a pet, we can hook you up with barbecue supplies. But man, the chill pills go to crafttreats.com, use the promo code off the hook, and you get 20% off. And it is uh, fantastic CBD, uh, craft treats, and chill pills. It's a craft, excuse me, chill craft pills brought to you by craft treats. Easy for me to say. And again, it's 20% off if you use the promo code off the hook. And um, they'll help with your dog's digestive issues, arthritis issues. They'll also help with, um, uh, with anxiety issues, which goodness knows Amanda's pets are going to have when they have to dress up like something goofy. What are they dressed up like? This year? What okay, are they? It's not they. I have a cat. Oh, my cat also. Okay. She's. I dressed her up in a kimono before, so <laughs> I have pictures to prove it. Yeah, that's great. Well, I don't even care. Y'all can. I rescued her from the pound, so she gets to dress in a kimono. <laughs> She has two litter boxes. She is an automatic feeder. She has four different kinds of treats. She can dress in a kimono sometimes. But let me ask you this. If you're really going to be so kind-hearted, why are you just saving one cat from the pound? I bet there are more. Um, because I can't fit that many cats. So <laughs> I saved one and I've done my due diligence as a cat saving individual. So I've saved one. And chill pills, yes, craft treats. Uh, will help those uh, those bulldogs that jump yes. on the chat board because we saw pit fans jump on the chat board and that did not end well for pit fans. So, boy, and I would just say this: um, when it comes to bulldogs and UGA and all that stuff, it's time to stop inbreeding. It's yes. time. I mean, that dog that has been so inbred. I had a buddy who got. I, I wanted an English bulldog for a long time. I did the research and didn't get one, and um, I had a buddy who got one, and that thing was. It's kind of like Chet from Weird Science. Does anybody remember that movie? No, but my aunts no. had bulldogs. Will you Google? Will you Google Chet from Weird Science, real quick? Let's see. It's just... it's Chet from Weird Science. Yeah, remember okay, they. Turn... Do that. Yeah. Well, I thought you could put it up on the screen. But what the? What in the world? <laughs> okay, you... I wouldn't go that far. That looks like it's. This is like an ugly version of Jabba the yeah. Hutt. That's what they turned uh, the. Uh, the actor that went on to be in Tornado, Bill, uh, what's his name, from Weird Science. Remember they made a girl? Bill Paxton? Bill yes. Paxton. I yes. remember so, they made a girl. I've watched Go ahead that. and share that. Yes. She was, uh, they did well in making the girl. Chet, not so good. She made him into Chet. It was really disgusting. <laughs> All right. Oh, is that because she? he said something bad to her or something? He picked on the little brother. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I probably said, you know, I had some sexual in you. Go back to the. Uh, oh, no, Chet. Okay. Let's go okay. back to the original that's... Bulldogs. I'm not saying let's stop breeding Bulldogs, but let's stop breeding this brand of Bulldog. Let's go back to the original fighting Bulldogs because they were healthier. And if they're trained, they can be sweet. And, you know, where, where Bulldogs came from when they were a really, really scary fighting dog, which is why Yale became the Bulldogs. You know, the way the British okay. bred them back in the 1800s. Picture. Just stop inbreeding them to make them have flat faces and breathing problems. That's all I, I, all I want. Well, stop inbreeding problems. them. They got problems on the other end, too. 
Okay. It's very so here's Smokey is cuter than Ugga. We all agree, right? We're all team Smokey's prettier than Ugga. Well, Ugga looks like Chet. Well, okay, Ugga does not look like Chet. Ugga is very cute. Mississippi State's bulldog, though, it seems it's cuter than Ugga. And I don't yes. know, it's healthier, and I don't know why. That's because Ugga has a little Chet in him. Okay, you better calm down, Megan. Okay. Oh, good. Was trying to decide whether I'd, I would watch this game or give myself a colonoscopy with a garden hose. I would rather watch the view with the volume all the way up for 24 hours straight than watch our sorry bleeping defense take the field against the team we're playing. Yeah, I need a hint here. By the way, first one can tell us what team's message board that was posted on is going to get to choose between some chill pills or some barbecue supplies. Um, so go ahead and post on board. Can we get a post on the board? Can we get a, another hint, please, Amanda? A hint or a reread? Both, both, because that was hard. Uh, we got uh, Bama, Oklahoma, Mississippi State. Do we have a winner? No. Okay. Oh, good. Was trying to decide whether I would watch this game coming up or give myself a colonoscopy with a garden hose. Then another comment off the same post. I would rather watch The View with the volume all the way up for 24 hours straight and watch our sorry bleeping defense take the field. I have no idea who that is. We have another guest for Ole Miss. No. Think of who's playing this this it's a Kentucky? weekend. No. No. Okay, who is it? We're stuck. It's, Flor- it's Florida. The University of Florida. Florida. They're playing Georgia this week. Okay. Uh, who are the Georgia Chets playing? Flor- Florida. And they're not Chet. God bless it. That's terrible. It's true. Here we go. Okay. They play fast with the clock. I think your best bleeping weapon initially is using the timeouts effectively, especially if they get the ball first. I want this game zero points with this team going into the second quarter so bad. I'd use all three timeouts to try to slow them down. They're looking to get you off balance, slightly out of position, confused, and run certain plays. You got to know what they're doing and then call timeout. These have gotten so hard. They're not really that hard. Hint. Somebody says Hawaii. Uh, not Hawaii. I think Don guesses Hawaii every day. Let's make that a tradition. Uh, yeah, Kentucky. Yes, it's Kentucky. All right. What crazy. offense plays super fast? Okay, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, crazy, you've won stuff. Uh, Elias, I don't. I can't remember if you've won stuff. JL has Kentucky as well. So uh, I'm. Who has won we- stuff on here? We can't just stop giving stuff to people who's already won stuff. That's you're cool. right. Crazy was first. Crazy wins. There you go. Crazy um, is I, I'm gonna have to have a full shipping container dropped off at the house. Now I know it. what type of MVP voter Dave would be if you were voting MVP in the pros. You were one of those like this player already won MVP five times. We got to vote for this yeah. guy now. Exactly. I'm actually not that type of guy. I mean, I still like I I go back to NBA in 1997. Carl Malone winning the MVP over Michael Jordan because they were tired of giving it to MJ. Worst MVP ever. I don't care if you wanted to give Carl Malone one. MJ was better that year. You give it to the Caleb, best player. Can I ask you a question? Do you have like a, a photographic memory or no? I just have weird obsessions. Okay, <laughs> cool. 
Cool. Yeah. That's just a question. I just well, was wondering. Definitely keep it to football then. Oh, um, try it again Tuesday. Oh, try it again Tuesday. Um, you want to go first? So what? Who, who blew it over the weekend? Try it again Tuesday. Brought to so you. My, go ahead. My try it again Tuesday is Clemson storming the field. And apparently they stormed the field after every win. Who storms the field after every win? I mean, I like, guess that's a way so you don't feel embarrassed when you do storm the field after beating um, whatever university. No, like, why would you storm the field after every? Doesn't that don't you get tired of doing that? Don't you like why? That's not special. That's not something. I don't understand it. So I that, don't get it. So since that's tradition, though, doesn't that make it a little less embarrassing than when LSU stormed the field over beating Ole Miss? That, that was actually going to be mine. LSU fined oh, hundred fifty thousand for feel, uh, for storming the field after a win against Ole Miss. I mean, you beat Ole Miss for goodness' sake. Yeah. I know, but Clemson. Who did Clemson even beat? Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. Syracuse. And you, but you stormed the field every every week. That's got to be hard on the groundskeepers, don't you think? Just saying, uh, yeah. on the trying to keep the field nice and whatever. Do you have it a try it again Tuesday, Caleb? That you want to throw out there? I mean, I would stick with I would stick with the Syracuse Clemson game, but I would just stick with Syracuse. They had no business losing that game. You know, they they straight up blew it at the end. Um, had a turnover on downs on the first drive, where you know probably should have settled for a field goal, and then throw an interception late. I mean, I'm sorry, I that, my try it again is just Syracuse. They gave away a game that Clemson was giving to them. I've got two LSU fans storming the field, and then I will say uh, try it again Tuesday to the University of Alabama and Nick Saban for not sitting Jermaine Burton. I would have sat him. Um, I don't think, and we can argue whether it's optics or not. I think they still win that game, uh, but I, you know, unless it's completely doctored, I I've seen enough where I would sit him. Um, but I do think that there is a gray area. And whereas I would normally kick a player completely off a team, I wouldn't do that in this particular case. My opinion, so that would be my try it again Tuesday. Brought to you by Pedigo. Pedigo, if you're in the Chattanooga area, Pedigo of Chattanooga is your locally owned store where you'll be treated like family, the region's foremost electric bike experts. They put their hearts into helping you find the perfect electric bike. Don't get one of those other bikes that the battery is going to just not do well and you're not going to be able to get serviced. That's what Pedigo Chattanooga is all about. So uh, reach out to them, tell them Off the Hook Sports sent you, and you will be taken care of. So have a fantastic day, everyone. We look forward to hearing from the Georgia fans who are not concerned about Tennessee whatsoever tomorrow. He's Caleb Calhoun. She's Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.